you like one boy with a beard and one without? Oh, wait, I kind of... <laughs> I was like, what are we advertising? <laughs> See, now I'm a beardman, too. A beardman? Does beard that count? Man. You're a slight... You're a scruffsman. I'm a you're, scruffsman. Is that yeah. scruff? You're a scruffy-looking you're like, It's a week. You're it's like, a week. You're like post-scruff pre-beard. Mm. Well, see, I'm growing out a beard. Oh. Yeah, I'm growing out a beard. It's going to be an orange beard, because my beards are orange. I got a little bit of orange in you my do? beard, How many different too. beards do you have, Bobby? Well, I got a yellow beard, too, but mm. uh, I don't like to crack that one out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's 2020. <laughs> you know, you can't be cracking out the yellow beard. I know. I won't even know yeah. what I'm saying. I just Me either. I have the classic black beard. Fun fact. <laughs> oh. For um, seventh grade uh, MCAS, which is the uh, Massachusetts standardized testing, if you don't know, um... In seventh grade, it's the uh, writing portion, and so you have to write a big old essay. Mm. Um, and the topic was, it was super cool that year, because it was, normally it's like, oh, tell about how you learned about how to be cool from from uh, from something. But, I mean, that is a long story for yeah. me. I could definitely fill out a huge <laughs> essay about yeah. that. Um, Same. But, I could write a book. It's like this year, that that year it was, uh, who, if you could trade places with someone for a day, if you could trade places for with someone for a day, who would it be? Um, and I wrote about trading places with Blackbeard oh, for wow. a day. Oh, okay. Um, Captain and Blackbeard. like I was talking to a lot of people and there were a lot of people who were like, oh yeah, I, someone who wrote their whole essay about trading places with, um, hannah montana because then they would get a two for one because they would be hannah montana and miley cyrus um and i thought that that was funny they were careful what you wish for though yeah there are people who are like i would want to be the president i would want to be a millionaire i would want to be like children starving in third world countries to like to like to like experience whatever mine i was like i was like i would want to be blackbeard so i could go sail the open seas and plunder treasure was blackbeard Mm -hmm. a real person yeah Mm -hmm. his name was edward something or other interesting I know. Anyway. Everyone from that era was named Edward or something. That's something. true. Something or other. It's a very common last name. That's why there's so many something or others running around today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I am your uh, justifiable J, Jack. Cool. Uh, I am your blasphemous B, Bobby. <sighs> I used that the other You're way. I bl- used that. I was going to say blasphemous for you guys is like juicy for me because it's that, my yeah, always go to. It's the go to. Well, I'm your, I'm your borscht B, Brent. Oh, Brent, it's on topic. My okay, wait, Ruski can I change tone? mine? Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. I am your Bogdanovich B, Bobby. What is Bogdanovich? It's just the name of like every Russian NBA player. <laughs> There's like five of them. Which is Lazio Bogdanovich is Alexei Ivanovich. (laughs) I know that. Sergei Boris. I just know all the Boris. That would have been a cool one. Anyway, we're talking about Chernobyl. Yeah, you didn't get it from our little Mm. Russian bit. Which you probably didn't because we've talked about a lot of Russian things. The Russians got some boggling, brain boggling things. (laughs) Yeah, we had the Dyatlov incident. Go check out that episode. That was a fun one. I've talked to a lot of people who say that's their favorite episode. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't like that episode. Really? I don't like the episodes that I host, personally. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's Jack. just one of those things. Like, I, I feel the same way about my like, episodes. If you were to list my least favorite episodes, like, the top three gotta be... My number, my least favorite episode by far, mm. you guys know, because I say it all the time, is Atlantis. I hate... Do you know what my favorite episode you've done is? What? SCP. I like that one. That was a great episode. Um, anyway. My episodes are always my favorite. Brent, your episodes are always pretty <laughs> your consistent. Your episodes are so good. That's I, why. I mean, I don't know. Brent <laughs> averages like 26 a night. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening to this, um, 
No. If you're no mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, it is in fact a podcast. It is yes. a podcast. I was gonna say if you're, you're listening not mistaken, to this, you didn't just like fall down a flight of stairs and woke up and just hearing voices in your head. This yeah. is actually a thing you downloaded. <laughs> I was gonna say if you're listening to this right now on the day it came out, it means I'm at college right now. But your boys that, that's not true. that won't be true for this you're one. Still here, Jack. You're for, still so if you're listening mass. to this in the week that it came out next week. I'll be at school by the time you listen to that one. Yeah, your boy's gonna become an educated man. Yeah. I'm gonna go. But for now, uh, you're still a asshole. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll still be. I don't know. I don't identify I with Connecticut. You, you, you even can't when take I was the mass there. out of the hole. That's you can't. Right. I seriously can't. <laughs> um, uh, you guys want to know about Chernobyl? Uh, I I do. First of all, mm-hmm. I don't really know much about Chernobyl other than that it was like a uh, something that happened there. It was there's an HBO series that I almost watched the first episode today. You didn't per- see the first episode? No. I, I literally like was upstairs in, in the office like I've got some time on my hands. Why don't I watch the first episode of like Chernobyl hour, while I'm working? It's and like an hour. It just, that, that never came to fruition. Um, didn't happen. Yeah, it just right, didn't well, happen. You're too hard of a worker. I have right? only seen the first episode of the Chernobyl. <laughs> um, and then I, I was like, do I want to spend like the six hours and watch the whole thing. And I was like, I'm just going to research it instead. Cause it seemed like there'll be way more. Efficient. It's a lot of hours. Yeah. Yes. Watching a show. Plus it'll be way more efficient. And I've already seen episode one, which is when the actual like explosion happens. Everything else is just like events post explosion. Yeah. But that's where a lot of the like good stuff is. Yeah. And also I, I, from what I understand, there are some differences between the show. You know, there's some dramatic license, if you will. Yeah. The biggest one is that in the show, there's lots of threatening of do this or you'll be shot, which is very much like an old <laughs> Russian cold, like old USSR thing. And yeah. it didn't really happen by it. Cause, cause this happened on April 26, 1986. Mm. So actually because that's uh 33 years that ago. Brent, turned 40 i think right um memes aside brent you were born like you <laughs> i think you were born, born like, 86 you were born like 88 87 right 87 yeah dang it Plus. oh i did the math crap i actually did the math because i saw that chernobyl was 33 years ago and i was like brent's birthday is in february yeah almost is it in march yes uh, but march well, 5th close enough march 5th yeah see, i knew it see, was I knew around that. that time close enough um and uh half of a good friend Oh, no, I was going to say, if February was a regular month, it would be in it, but no, it wouldn't, because the 29th would be the first, the 20, the 30th This is like that be... time when someone tells a story, and they're like, okay, so I was walking down the street the other day, was it Wednesday, or was it Monday? No, hmm. it, this isn't like that. No, you know, actually, I think it was a Thursday. Like that. This isn't like that. Actually, you know, it was definitely raining, so that was Tuesday, actually, I think. And it's like... Just get on with the story like that because it's not like what I was just saying was was non relevant. (laughs) It was irrelevant to the story, but not in that sense. It was relevant to the story because I was justifying me not knowing Brent's birthday. I don't know your. I don't know anyone's birthday. I barely even know my parents' birthdays. Oh, Jack! I don't know birthdays. I'm bad at remembering birthdays. It's It's hard. It's just a thing. I'm just bad at remembering them. Anyway, this happened in Pripyat, Ukraine. Ooh, oh, Ukraine. I know. Not even in Russia. Not even Russia proper. I always thought that Ukraine was in russia until like last year because i don't know geography no if anything right now russia is kind of trying to s- snag parts of ukraine back russia's trying to be like hey remember when ukraine was russian and let's do that again when it became was it? its own in- independent sovereign state yeah we're gonna go and like invade crimea and take parts of it back when so. was it in russia when was ukraine part like of russia? it was part of like 
like a long time ago, like mm, pre World yeah. War One. Yeah. Oh, so really long. It, time Ukraine ago. has been its own country for some time now, but Russia's been salty about it ever since. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so so it what they were they were officially part of the same country like pre World War One, and then after World War One, when all of the like that the like Eastern Europe and the Middle East got sort of like yeah, you know, you're like. Czechoslovakia is yeah. in Slovakia or now Czech Republic, Slovakia, yeah, and like uh, Serbia, Russia, all those and countries. Germany, and like yeah. a bunch of countries got split up into individual countries. I think I may be wrong, but I think that's when it became its own country. Mm-hmm. And then when the Soviet Union started, um, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union along with like Belarus mm-hmm. and like other countries that are around there. Yep. Well, I apologize to any listeners from the Ukraine for my ignorance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at ma- the map right now. Of, like, it's very close. Area. It's crazy how many different countries there are that, yeah. like, I just thought were, like, the same country. Yeah. Like, oh, Latvia, you sure. know. That's one of them. Know. Lithuania is somewhere over there. Yep. Lithuania. Estonia. Estonia. You know? Croatia is nowhere near there. It's crazy. No, wait, isn't Croatia near there? Slovakia. I don't remember. Who knows? Either way, it doesn't Hungary. matter. You There's know what no this is, Bobby? Out. This is what? like when you're telling a story. Oh, and he like, brought it back it around. around. <laughs> you know what, Jack? Touche. Yeah. Touche. Sick as um, the burns. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's April 26th, 1986, one twenty-three in the morning in, in the city of, well, not technically in the city, but right outside of the city of Pripyat, Ukraine. Okay. Pripyat. 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 Ukraine. Reactor number four at the Chernobyl power plant explodes. Bruh. How? We're going to get into that. I just, liked, I just thought that was a little a sexy start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now, commercial break. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back. All right, so this is widely considered to be the uh, worst nuclear incident in the history of the world. Hmm. Um, I don't think they count intentional bombings on Japan yeah. in part of that, but um, this... I forget the official name of it. I'll look it up and not tell anyone. But <laughs> um, it, there, there's there's a scale that goes from zero to seven on like severity of nuclear incidents. And um, before Fukushima, mm. this was the only seven before. But Fukushima is also a seven. But this is considered worse than Fukushima, mm. obviously. Yeah. Um. So uh, the fallout of this event was so bad i just like this quote too that gorbachev has said that um there's a direct quote the explosion was a turning point that opened the possibility of much greater freedom of expression to the point that the system as we know it could no longer continue and that is in relation to the fall of the soviet union Mm. so gorbachev points to chernobyl as the primary reason for the soviet union falling apart wow not because of like it just because of what it represented and everything and the fact that like there was this huge cover up about it, which yeah. uh, we'll get into. And didn't stuff. make him look too great. No, it didn't. Uh, funny. We, we talked about the Dyatlov incident. Yeah. Uh, Anatoly Dyatlov was the uh, chief deputy uh, engineer and outranked everyone who was there at the time. That's a little important fact to know. It, it'll explain a lot. All right. Prior to the explosion. OK, we have uh, control room workers were running safety tests of the reactor to see if it could keep running in the event of a power outage. Um, so what this, what basically the, the uh, turbines that pushed the water cooling through the, uh, through the core of the reactor were, were run off of power. Obviously if the power went out, 
they had a backup generator that would start up to keep powering these fans because obviously if you don't have water cooling through the the reactor, it'll overheat. Um, But the generators took about a minute to get up to full power. um, And that minute was much, much too long. And so every year since 1982, so for the past four years, they would run these tests and they weren't able to find a solution to um, like if it, whether or not it could, it could keep powering itself or not. Um, they were always like inconclusive. Um, so they just kept running the tests every year, but luckily they had never encountered the issue of a power outage. And if they had encountered an issue of the power outage, the like theory would be that it would explode. The theory was that the, the moment, heat. the, the continuous momentum that this other turbine held yeah. would continue to spin through that minute. And it okay. would be unaffected, um, and that's what the that's what they generally kept believing. But they just want like every year they were just making sure that it was the same thing. Yeah. Was that like there's no changes, no changes, whatever? Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. So the test normally would be done during the daytime for the, with during the day shift where the primary staff was there who would oversee the running of the uh the the output of the reactor with a dedicated team of electricians who knew exactly how everything ran in that reactor these guys were like the experts experts but there was a nearby regional power plant that had lost power for an unknown reason um, so the head of the Kiev power grid contacted Chernobyl and was like, hey, um, we don't have any power at the grid right now. Can you guys keep going um, and not do your test? Because to do the test, they had to turn turn the uh, output of the reactor down. Yeah. So they were like, can you keep doing your tests so that half of Russia doesn't lose power? It's not half of Russia. Chernobyl was responsible for 10 percent of the of the USSR's um power which is quite a bit that is a lot yeah so they this was a pretty uh essential power plant and so chernobyl was like yeah that's fine we'll just delay it so it ended up getting delayed 10 hours um to the night staff who have never run this test before and the dedicated team of engineers who was normally there weren't there uh that time because i'd all go home because obviously they aren't going to wait around for 10 hours um so the there is one survivor who well you guys haven't seen the first episode of chernobyl but if anyone has seen the first episode of chernobyl the dude who who presses his body against the door and then that whole side of his body starts to bleed that i can't remember if he dies in the show or not but that the the guy who did that in real life um is survived has survived to this day what um or as far as to to 2015 was the last like like official time someone had like checked in with him or whatever so so what did he do that was <laughs> causing him to bleed like he was pushed he was trying to um, keep the door shut i'll explain so that. we'll get to I'll that explain okay. when we get there but this guy this guy uh gave a report um saying we had no idea what we were doing um because they had never run the test before they were given a super quick like rundown um of this test um and they were like all right i guess we can do it because it's never gone wrong before so they were like there's no way it's gonna go uh it's gonna it's gonna there's no way it's gonna it's gonna go wrong this time yeah try Um, something four times (laughs) yeah pretty much it's like yeah this time we've got it um but a funny note that the article that i put (laughs) the article that i was reading put was 
Um, the emergency water cooling system was disabled since the day shift had had started to prepare for this test, which apparently had no impact on the outcome of Chernobyl. They just it, that just showed that the that safety concerns weren't at the at the forefront of their, right, of their like, thinking. It doesn't actually affect so like, the outcome. It's, but. it's funny to think like the emergency water cooling systems weren't there, but that didn't actually matter at all because you you realize that you'll later realize that after it explodes, there's nothing to cool left. So it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, and the exploit like be having, having an emergency uh, system to do that wouldn't have, right. it wouldn't have it's done just it. just the precedent. It wouldn't have done anything. Of, it's the safety precedent's not yeah. there. Um, they didn't even like think to have those precautions. Yeah. yeah. So it's around one in the morning and they're like, okay, it's time to do the test. Um, so, the the way that the test was supposed to work was they were going to power down the reactor to 25% power and then um turn and then shut cut the power to it um because it, when it's at 25% power and there's no like it's 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 well within within stable conditions for the uh for no water cooling to be through it's when it's at 100% output is when there is when there's concern so they power it down um but so, OK, I'm no nuclear scientist, physicist, whatever. Let's just get that out of the way. But there what? Is, I know. It's surprising. surprising. Why are you I'm not. here? Um, <laughs> but there's are a you rave. I was being the there's oh, okay, some cool. there's some like unlimited power. There's some there's some nuclear science stuff that I'm about to explain that I for sure don't understand. And now I'm going to try to explain it to people so that they understand okay. any experts out there. If we get something wrong, welcome to podcasting screw yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Buzz off. Okay. So they intended to bring the power down to around 25%, but as they were doing this, the power quickly dropped to almost 1% power outage power output. And they were like, what the heck is happening? Um, later they, they, we, we know it's because, Nuclear fission has a byproduct called xenon one thirty five, mm. which and I know xenon yeah, is a noble xenon's a noble gas, which means it, xenon the, the X X xenon X X E N O N yeah. What was that Disney show xenon xenon like, warrior princess? No, no, no. It was like it was like this girl in space. I don't tangent. Anyway, anyway continue. I don't know. The anyway. I'm not gonna bother. Anyway, xenon one thirty five, which is a noble gas, and if you know anything about chemistry, Brent, chem guy over yeah, here. Yeah, Brent. I don't know why. I don't the know. master of the periodic table. I don't know I don't know that everyone Brent thinks I'm like this chemistry expert, but I just like I'm good at remembering the atomic numbers of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's like about all I have. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like the letters. <laughs> um, but xenon's a noble gas, which means sure. it does not react. So mm. the fact that the reaction was producing a lot of xenon is bad because the the accumulation of xenon gas in the reactor was inhibiting the actual nuclear reaction which was generating the power and that's why the power was dropping normally when the power output is so high the reaction is so strong that the xenon gas just gets burned up before it can do anything so the xenon the xenon dropped the power down to nearly one percent uh the control room staff then began removing control rods because the control rods also inhibit the reaction. So they started removing control rods um, in order to increase the power again. And they disabled the auto safety features on, on all but 12 of the control rods, um, which means that like uh, there will be alarms in certain specific like conditions when they're met. The control rods will automatically go back into the reactor to stop a meltdown. So they disabled 
all of them and then um and so the sharp spike from almost one power almost one percent power outage to um it shot up to like 30 percent that created a very very unstable reactor um so many safety procedures at this point are being ignored including an alarm that says that the uh thermal rates are going up drastically which is a very important point uh, that the reactor is getting too hot. And they're ignoring this? They're ignoring this. Because... This is like the one time you don't so want to ignore it. the, the director... Dia- well, it was believed at that this type, this specific kind of reactor... Yeah. Um, couldn't explode. Couldn't, okay. Couldn't Whoa. melt down. Titanic situation over here. Yeah. yeah. The hubris the, of man. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the wow. series, um, there's... So that guy, Dyatlov, that I mentioned, um, he... Like at every time that other I don't know I don't know how accurate this is or like but the other control room staff would be like oh but sir this safety feature and these rules about this and he was like oh I'm the director listen to me I'm in charge here listen to me so he just kept pushing forward so the director needs to take control well he's not the, he he's actually he's not the director he's the uh, control de- deputy engineer sorry is this a, it's a control reference yeah it's, it's a control, control reference, reference. Yeah. someone play control yeah. you'll you'll get, get it around to it once you play it i mean listen like wait until you have a moment to really appreciate the game no i know that's what because i've only had like a few and then like a few hours here and there and i'm like i don't want to start playing cinema sacrifice is it amazing mm. I, it's a panic attack as a video game. <laughs> it is. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> panic attack as a video game. Oh, yeah. It's really anxiety inducing. It, it sounds I, horrible. I played an hour and a half of it and had to stop because I was like, I literally am having heart palpitations wow. right now from this game. It's so intense yeah, it's and stressful. Wow. I wouldn't say it's hard, but like just it, they, they nail the vibe that they're going for, which is in like psychosis. Yeah. You feel mm, insane awesome. when you're playing it. It's awesome. Anyway. I'll have to play. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So. Many, many, many safety features being including the thermoid alarm because uh, Dyatlov is like, just, just keep, just keep going. We're doing the test. We're doing the test. I'm a little confused. Yeah. Is it the same Dyatlov? No, no just Dyatlov. That's like it's one of those names. names. It's just it's one a, of those John Smith kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Dyatlov's pass is just whatever. It's just named. Oh, it's the name of the pass. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And bad. then this is just a dude named Dyatlov. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, his first name is Anatoly. Okay. Um, he's like, we're doing the test anyway. So... All control rods, um, but every single control rod except for ten mm-hmm. were left. Uh, were taken out of the of the reactor. There were only ten control rods in the rat in the reactor, and eighteen of those rods that were taken out were part of a set of twenty eight fail safe rods that were under no circumstances ever supposed to be removed from the reactor like their job was to was to always be the control rod in the reactor even um, if it was unstable yeah there was 28 of them and only 10 of them were left um and none of them were supposed to be removed none of the 28 were supposed to be there are others that there are others where there are supposed to be removed to control the reactor yeah. but these 28 specific job was to never be removed and to keep the reactor stable Why did they remove them? and they removed 18 of them because they needed to get the power outage back up quickly and they okay wow yeah okay yeah that's risque but um yeah so every automatic safety feature was taken down including they reduced the amount of water flow through the through the the core because this specific reactor type increases with the amount of steam pre- again not a nuclear scientist <laughs> this is based on what i read off of wikipedia mm-hmm. but this specific reactor type increases output with 
the amount of steam pressure inside of the core. So by by having less water, um, there was more steam, which is again a very important point. Hmm. Um, because water is non-compressible, so if it's full to the brim with water, there is no room for steam pressure. And they wanted more. Steam they wanted more steam pressure bring to bring, power to bring back the up. power back up. Gotcha. Uh, Interesting. Less I water, more steam. I literally, in my notes, wrote this specific reactor produces more power with more steam pressure. I don't know. I'm not a nuclear scientist. <laughs> <laughs> um. So disclaimer: you may be thinking, wait a second. Isn't the coefficient of drag related <laughs> to the root of the square? Um, you may be thinking, hold on a second. If this specific type of reactor re- generates more power with the more steam pressure that is in the reactor and more power means a hotter reactor, which would mean more steam, which would then in turn mean more power in a hotter reactor, which means more steam. So snowball fa- effect. Yeah. So there was a <laughs> snowball exponential effect where by adding it, by letting the steam build up a little bit, it like exponentially uncontrollably, the reactor started to, to power surge. Oh geez. Um, and the steam, oh. the steam started to build up very, very uh, uh, fully. Um, okay, where am I? Cosmos steam kind of specified normally at this point. Oh yeah, normally at this point, the automatic safety rods would be automatically by a computer lowered into the into the reactor. Yeah, but as we know, all but twelve of the rods were taken off of auto and were put on a manual so only 12 rods got inserted into the reactor at this point um after this the exact details of this next event aren't known my theory uh, anyway i'll explain what the event was and then explain my theory so there's a scram button um i don't know what scram means scram that's a, yeah that's how you shoo <laughs> off a bunch of lousy scram, vermin, varmints scram varmints scram scram but um there was a scram button and what the scram button does is regardless of control if you press the scram button all react all control rods will go back into it regardless of if it, they're on all manual 28. there's way more than 28 Every control rod that's supposed to be in the reactor will go back in. Now, if you press scram, they took them out. Yeah. Right. So if they press scram, they would go back in even the ones they took out manually. Yeah, that's literally what I just. Explained. OK, I wasn't sure if like when they removed them, they like put them Physically somewhere else. Them no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how it this works. is. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's just so it's it just retracts. You could, well, so if you were to manually take it out, you would be standing right next to a nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. OK, so you can't go so near you can't, it. You can't. The you computer can't. has to retract. It's, it's, them. Yeah. And it doesn't even like it doesn't take them out and put them away. It literally just pulls them out. Yeah, I, I'm trying water. to have a visual here of what this is because I don't really know what a nuclear reactor looks like. So I'm going to look up a picture. Yeah. So imagine it's like. I don't even know. It's like a box of markers, right? Yeah. Mm. Like one of those thick box of markers. You know how you can pull markers out? Yeah. And like the, the other one, they're like still in there. Yeah. And you can so, draw a nice horsey. Yeah. Imagine you're, imagine, <laughs> imagine you're pulling markers out of a marker box and none, of the, and none of the other ones move and they're just like hovered over there and then they lower them back in. Gotcha. That's probably not a good explanation. I don't, no, I, no, I really no, don't that know how to explain sense. it that makes either, sense. but I'm looking um, at a picture right now. It makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so scram gets pressed all the rods start going uh, back to be fully inserted into the reactor. 
the full the full reason as to why the scram button was pressed isn't known because it technically it doesn't make sense for it to have been pressed if the chief engineer was so adamant about keep going with this test yeah um my personal theory is that there were scientists in there who knew that this who knew that something bad was happening and that they needed to get the control rods back in and they just went against orders and pressed it anyway is this mm-hmm. in the show at all or no? um no, in the show, they don't go into this much detail because yeah. um, in the show, you only know what the characters know um, okay. and they didn't know any of this at the time. So you just in the show, you're always in the control room and the chief engineer keeps sending people to go check on what happens and the yeah. people keep coming back and they're like, the reactor, the reactor has gone. And he was like, he was like, this man's delusional. Get him out of here. And the, he was like, you don't. He, he was like, I need to make sure that there's water pumping through my reactor. And the guy was like, there, there's no, there's no reactor to be to be to have water pumping through. So there's no reason for, um, for us to be doing this. And so like the whole time, the chief engineer is just like, these reactors can't explode. So there was no explosion. And it's fine. And like people are very obviously like exposed to radiation. Like they're all burned and they're throwing up. Yep. Um, so that's where the holding the door open happens. So this is chilling. Yeah. So it's like a nightmare. It, dude, you got to watch the series. Just like the like the react. The reactor's gone. I mean, this is basically make me want to go and watch. The show you should. Now. You I'm should going to watch, watch it this show. weekend. You At least should the watch episode. the show mm-hmm. because it is so like the drama behind everything is so good. And yeah. like seeing like. It's so frustrating because the management of every step of the way is just so poorly done. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so what was your theory of why they hit the scram button? Oh, it was because that they knew that something was happening. Oh, right. So they, so they were like fighting. So they just went against orders. They probably fought their way through. Yeah. Um, just imagine like a slow-mo scientist. Like, we got to do it. Yeah. So this, is when, like this is when there were three... The the three dudes were sent to go to go check and make sure that the water was pumping through the reactor that wasn't there. Yeah. Um. And there was a door that was stuck. Um. So one dude who described who who he was like my friends would always describe the the guy who survived. Oh yeah. Was like my friends would always describe me as a bear of a man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why it was so important that he was so big, but mm-hmm. apparently he was like a uh, like a very big and muscular guy. So he held the door open while the other two scientists oh, went into this room. Um, and then the other two scientists came back and like died from radiation poisoning, like right there. And so he, if he had gone with them, he would have died too. But the fact that he was just there holding the door open, Mm. um, he later says that he still sometimes will get like sores and stuff on the side of his body that was towards the room that he was holding the door open for. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he was in immediate recovery, like weeks after that, um, his whole like right side, or I think it was his right side, whatever, whatever side was in the door, um, was like black. Oh. Um, and that's probably what made him survive. What, what allowed him to survive was the fact that it was only one side of him because everyone else who was in the control room, um, who like went, everyone else who was in the control room who left to go check on other parts of the reactor died in like May, um, like three weeks after yeah. they were exposed oh. to the radiation. Just think about that. Cause, cause like the sun is like <clears throat> basically a giant nuclear reactor, right? That's mm-hmm. basically what the sun is. 
Imagine just being in a room oh. and you're like on the surface of like the sun. We'll get we'll get to the to, to what the radiation like uh, how much radiation it was. But we haven't even gotten to the re- reactor exploding yet. Oh, geez. Oof. This is intense. Okay, mm-hmm. All that stuff that I said about I'm those riveted. people. I'm like not even saying anything. I'm just I, like listening. I, I did get ahead of that. myself because all that stuff about the people going to check was after the explosions. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for right now, scrams press the reactor start getting lowered. Now, the control rods have the control rod part themselves that inhibits nuclear nuclear reactions, but they have a tip and on the tip is a graphite conductor. Again, I'm not a nuclear scientist, mm-hmm. um, but somehow when the graphic, when the, they, that's how they use it. That's why they're called control rods, because depending on the placement of these graphite conductors, that is what determines how much output is happening. So when it, they're directly in the middle it is at max output. And so that's where the design flaw of these lies, because since they're on the end of the control rod, in order for the control rods to be lowered back into the reactor, the graphite tips have to pass through the, the water cooling and the water cooling is like packed with neutrons um, from the reactors and the graphite tips then start increasing the production, the output of the electricity itself. Um, because that's what they were designed to do. Um, but they, they didn't think far enough ahead in which a reactor that's already power spiking. If you insert the control rods, will spike, we'll spike even harder because yeah. of these graphite tips that, that are conductors. And the thing is, is I, I said that they didn't think about that far in the head, but years prior, they knew that this could happen. There was another reactor in Ignalia. I think, I don't know where that is. Mm. I think it's, I assume it's somewhere in the USSR. Yeah. But the same exact kind of reactor that showed signs of surging and surging even higher after the control rods were inserted. Mm-hmm. And it Ignalia wasn't says it's in Norway. Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, it wasn't considered to be repeatable. They were like mm-hmm. the conditions that that in which that caused um, in, in which that cause happened could never happen again. Yeah. They were like, there's no way this could possibly like the conditions for that to be met would be almost near impossible. Um, something to know in the in the Ignalia uh, reactor it didn't like melt down or anything mm-hmm. they just noted the spike and that's why they were like whatever it doesn't matter yeah. um, clearly it mattered because that sharp increase of um, of uh, the uh, the power surge mm-hmm. caused the reactor to generate 10 times its regular output wow so when it's running every day to day this was 10 times more than that and people think it might actually be a hundred times more than its regular day-to-day output because this is a theme it throughout the whole chernobyl like incident but downplaying everything well downplaying everything specifically because the the instruments that they were using to measure everything only went so high and yeah. so it only went to um, it, it was like 30,000. Um, the number was 30,000, whatever unit of um, things they're using to measure the ra- the uh, the nuclear reactor. So you're saying it's off the charts. It's off the charts. Literally. The power okay. level. I have a, I have a correction for me for me. Oh, Ignalia is not in Norway. It's in Lithuania. OK, that makes a lot more sense because yeah. that's in the USSR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So there, they, the, whatever they were using to read the output of the reactor only went to 30,000 because 30,000 is already 10 times what they would be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So 
people think that it's it's actually a lot lot higher than thirty thousand, more like three hundred thousand. Well, could it also be possible that you said there were possibly some cover ups that maybe the information that was retained after this was maybe skewed to like make it seem like oh it wasn't as bad as it was no no because they literally didn't they, like nobody like you can only theorize how bad it is because like they there's li- no like because data like we just know yeah. that it was 30 we just know that it for sure hit at least 30,000 yeah. because all like, we have is the, the after all we, yeah all we have is, is what happened during and like that was that was the max out yeah um so this spy, th- this this huge increase in heat caused the control rods to crack and get stuck. Um, so the control rods are stuck about one third of the way in, which means the electrodes are still surging the power, and the control rods can't get in there to, to inhibit it. Now, oh no! If we go back to the steam, the steam's building and building and building, and finally the steam explodes. And so this is the first explosion. There were actually two explosions. So the first explosion of the steam buildup was large enough for the five hundred ton lid, five hundred tons, which. You know, two thousand pounds to a ton yeah. times five hundred is like a lot of big elephants. numbers. <laughs> How much is that? It's, it's a lot of elephants. Hold on, I want to say a million pounds. Hold up a minute. Brent's doing some math. Yeah. So Let's now this this the so, steam is in a separate chamber from the nuclear reactor. No, the right? steam's it's all in. It's like, all it's in all, one. It's all one. By the time that is exactly one million. Nice one Jack. million pounds. Yeah. So by the time that. As soon as they reduced the amount of water going through and let steam in there, it was a pressure cooker. Wow. It was it was a pressure cooker at that point. So it just the pressure was just building and building and building in this one thing. And it, yeah, it eventually blew the one million pound lid off of the reactor and tore the react tore the reactor building open, um, which allowed oxygen to get in. And again, I'm not a nuclear scientist, um, but either the water like oxygen being introduced into the nuclear reaction it reacted with zirconium i think um and allowed the second fiery explosion to happen and that is the explosion that really destroyed the reactor and that's what threw all of the radioactive graphite and all the radioactive material everywhere the roofs of the buildings were tarred over so anything that landed on the roof lit fires all over the roofs wow um and so were so like anyone that was in the vicinity were they like was there any escape from this was there like just fallout coming down from the sky after this explosion yeah we'll get into the fallout in a okay. bit um but there was so imagine what it would be, would have been like to be there there was one dude it was a uh, um people who were in the control room report that it was the loudest sound that they had ever even conceived of um and that all of them thought that they had that America had attacked them. Wow. Um, and the, because like, to be fair, you know, a nuclear reactor that um, powers 10% of the Soviet union seems like a pretty good target. If you're, you know, trying to attack someone. Yeah. So they thought they were all under attack. Um, there was one person, who, the closest person was like instantly vaporized um, and then like buried in rubble. Um, and so then they like, they're everyone's running around being like, you have to like, you have to check, um all this stuff that didn't end up being there and nobody um nobody believed that this could actually um that this could actually happen uh the 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 survivor dude who went um and held the door open uh, his name is Alexander Yuvchenko 
Mm. And Yuvchenko uh, is is reported having said that it was a very he saw a very beautiful beam of blue heavenly light, which was radiation ionizing the atmosphere, is what was causing that light. Um, and that's how much. And that light was there for like days after. Yeah, because it was this thing was just just pumping out radiation, dude. So now if we're going along the terms of events, the fire brigade gets here and there are lots of reports that say that some some people report that the fire brigade wasn't told that it was a nuclear uh, explosion and that they just thought it was an electrical fire that they needed to put out. Um, but then like other, there's a very famous report where he, where this, this one firefighter was like, um, we knew it was a nuclear reactor. We knew that it had exploded. Like, obviously we knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, <laughs> he, he, he jokingly said, there must be an incredible amount of radiation here. We'll be lucky if we survive tomorrow. Um, he also added, of course we knew. Had we followed regulations, we would never have gone near the reactor, but it was our moral obligation, our duty. We were like the kamikaze. Um, so it seems to be way more believed that they knew that what was happening and that they just were like sacrificing themselves. I, I, have, like, a, I have a note of this later when I talk about good. the liquidators, but um, there seemed to be a very somebody's got to do it attitude about yeah. this whole thing where it's like, well, someone's got to clean up this mess. Might as well be me. Right. Wow. Put your life on the line. Yeah. Oh. So that's everything that happened the night of the explosion. There was also like meetings with like Russian leaders. I don't know if that's actually I don't know, I don't know if that's actually true because I never saw it, but I never saw anything in like mm. the notes, but it might just be unimportant, but in the show there was a meeting with like Gorbachev and like a bunch of other leaders and like the directors of the um the uh, reactor and stuff. Um Now did 10% of the is the USSR? Yeah. Lose power no at this point they still had power. this is reactor number four okay um which means they so chernobyl power plant still had three other reactors oh okay that, that didn't that didn't go off and so that's why oh. that's why there was so much um pressure to keep going normally I, if it was just one reactor that had exploded i think people would have just evacuated immediately yeah. but there were three other reactors and reactor three was on fire from reactor four's explosion so they didn't want it to like yeah so they needed to get effects. they needed to get three under control like immediately um so that's why the fire brigade came there so quickly and this is where we get into the cover-ups. Mm. So that day of the 26th, so this happened 1 a.m. on the 26th. So that morning when the sun actually came up, um, nobody in Pripyat was told. The only person that I could find who knew about this as it happened was the wife and son of the director of the Chernobyl power plant because he got called in to go and like because obviously his power plant just exploded yeah so he was like oh there was an incident at the power plant i gotta go so that's all that they knew and i assume he called his wife um later because uh the son survived and he in an interview said that when he went out to school that day his mother gave him a hat and said wear this there's radiation in the air and he said as soon as he was out of um eyesight of the uh of his house he took his hat off and put it in, <laughs> and put it in his bag oh my god um, and then when he got to school he said that he was swarmed by teachers and other faculty um who were like asking him for questions because obviously they knew who his father was yeah so they were like oh did you hear anything and he was like all i heard was that there was an incident um it wasn't until the next day that they started um evacuating people mm-hmm. out of pripyat um which 
we'll find out is really bad if we go to the uh, radiation portion. I imagine that, you know, this sound that was like unfathomable, unfathomable, un- oh my God, oh, I can't say it. Unfathomably loud. Oh, it was heard. Was heard by many people for many miles. Yeah. In the, um, so people were probably wondering like, what well, the hell is going on? This city was pretty remote because the city was specifically built for the families of the people who worked at the power plant. Yeah. Um, so it was, pre- it was pretty like separated and like, so everyone, like the city's entire lives were around the power plant. Okay. And it, it was like, it was built to be a model, like Soviet communist city mm-hmm. um, with like, they were like, Oh, look at our beautiful power plant that supplies us all with power. And we're all here doing our part type deal. And so the, the danger zone, danger zone for this, like nuclear reaction was basically within the confines of like the actual nuclear facility. Um, the initial, the initial blast. Yes. Um, if they ignored it and didn't get it under control, um, the entirety of, uh, the, of Eastern Europe would be uninhabitable. Okay. This is, this is also, this is also a report. Another thing, um, in in the show, you see two people wade through waist high irradiated water, turning valves for like hours because mm-hmm. there was just hundreds of valves that normally are automatic. But since, you know, your reactor exploded, they were all broken. So they had to turn them manually. And at first I was like, are they turning these valves to get w- to 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 get water through the reactor, like to start to start flowing the cooling water? Um, which I thought is what that they had mentioned, but apparently maybe they simplified it for the show, but there was like a reserve, like, I don't know if it was a natural aquifer or if it was like a reserve tank themselves, but there was a tank of water underneath, um, Chernobyl that if the, if the reaction had chained into there and caused an explosion with that, um, then the entirety of Europe would be uninhabitable for the rest of human existence. Um, they were like the, the amount, the explosion that would result from that would just decimate anything in the area. And the radiation fallout would like kill everyone in Europe. Um, I don't know how true it is. I have to assume it's because the other three reactors would explode as well. Um, it's hard to fathom a cat, a cat, cat, catastrophic event. a catastrophic event yeah. of that scale that's insane um and so like apparently all of the lead like scientists who have studied this for their whole life like the majority of them agree that not their whole lives but like people who you know have really studied this agree that that's what would have happened if wow. they didn't go and do that um and then all those three men two of them died and i think one of them survived um but like that doesn't really matter um, you want to hear about how much radiation was pumped into the air? Yeah. So it's not actually that exciting. <laughs> um, technically Chernobyl released 400 times more radiation than, than the atomic bombs in world war two. Te- and I say technically because you need to put it into perspective. Um, the nuclear tests combined f- across the globe from the sixties, from the fifties and sixties, have put anywhere from a hundred times to a thousand times more radiation into the atmosphere than Chernobyl did. 
just so, from testing just from testing like and that's and that's you know two decades worth of testing across the world yeah. you know but chernobyl isn't it's it, it didn't it's have a testing area it's a place where people lived no no that's not my point my, okay well yes that's the other thing is is yes so the immediate area got affected really badly but it's not like chernobyl you know poisoned the whole atmosphere of the entire world for years to come yeah um that was already done in the 50s and 60s <laughs> basically mm. Pretty um, bad. they don't do that anymore do they nuclear tests like that much radiation put into the air no there's a ton of radiation in the air still oh, but nu- land nuclear tests are at least american nuclear tests are no longer conducted on land they're always conducted in the ocean hmm. um and then there's only like a handful of countries that have that have done nuclear tests it's like russia america um maybe france and great britain I think China as well. China. Yeah. Um, I don't even think North Korea has done any official nuclear tests. No, um, no. I mean, and then they've it, been fighting to try to get yeah. nuclear weapons. That's kind of like the whole deal over there is that the conflicts <laughs> we face with them right now is them trying to build yeah. them and everyone else in the world being like, no, we don't want North Korea to have nuclear weapons. Yeah. And then India's uh, done like two tests. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but like, it's it's really funny to see like America and Russia, the number of nuclear warheads that they have is exponentially greater than 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 the number three. Like I think number three has like five hundred, and um, Russia and America have like well over hundreds of thousands. An obscene amount. Yeah, there, there was I I don't know whose quote this is, but it's a famous quote where it's like the Cold War was as if. The Cold War is the same as two people standing waist deep in gasoline and one has two matches and the other has five matches. Um, yeah. But, uh, so they use a very old uh, way of measuring radiation called Rontgens. Um, so to put 5.6 Rontgens per second or 20,000 per hour is the highest recorded um, uh, radiation level at uh, at Chernobyl during the uh, during recently after the 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 explosion. Um, So 20,000 per hour to put that into perspective, a lethal dosage of Rontgen is 500 over the course of five hours. Which is so like if you get 100 an hour. You know, yeah, and this was, and people were getting twenty thousand an hour. Um, so people got well over a lethal lethal dose in less than so in less than a they minute, were dying all over the place, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't die instantly, but like, yeah, what 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 happens when you get like really bad um, radiation you exposure? Get, you get burns, like it literally is like your body burns from the inside and out, and then you get mm-hmm. like some kind of like cancer or something. No, your body literally later. melts, like it it like chemically melts like you yeah it's like not just like a superficial burning it's an in- internal burning as well so your organs like, and, the ke- yeah. it, 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 like radiation separates the chemical bonds that make up the compounds in your body essentially and, you, uh, and yeah so you like you you burn and basically melt. and melt yeah so is that what was happening to people after like prolonged exposure it takes, here? It takes time it takes like the, the 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 most recent deaths were like a week after um or a few days so your body could be like just disintegrating over the course of like a week 
Yeah. Oh. That's why I like the dude. And also, apparently, in really high doses, um, it will come in waves. So there'll be like a period where it's really bad, and then there'll be a rest period where you where like you feel fine, and that it it doesn't feel like you have radiation poison, and then it gets really really bad again. Um, and it was weird, and it just like does that for a while. It is super weird. Yeah, the idea of radiation poisoning seems very like hard to wrap your head around. I don't even want to imagine the people that had to go through it. Like, yeah, that's messed up. They didn't even believe that the radiate that the reactor had exploded until a general in the Russian army himself took a dosimeter, which measures radiation, out to near the reactor. And was like, it's 15,000 Rontgen per hour. And so normally, because, so this is where the, the, that, that topic of, of there's, they're, they're playing down what's bad. So the first, the, the ending of the first episode is so, it's so good because the whole time you, oh, you keep hearing this number 3.6 Rontgen, 3.6 Rontgen. And the first time you hear it, they're like, wow, what's the dosimeter read? 3.6 Rontgen. Oh, well, you know, that's not terrible, but it's not great. Uh, not great, but not terrible. Um, and they're like, oh, but that's the highest that the reader goes. And they were like, well, go. They're like, we'll go get another one then. So they like have to go and get like one from the safe, which measures up to a thousand. And they're like, oh, it, it, it broke as soon as we turned it on. And they were like, oh, of course, because we have all this faulty equipment. And then they were, he was like, well, we had a second one that w- was maxed out and they were and they were like, okay, well, they're both faulty then. And he goes, well, we checked it against control and it was working against control. And then it, it's, it's maxing out when we go near the reactor. Um, and they were like, you're obviously just in shock or delusional or like, I don't know, but it's broken, but there's no possible way that it's above 3.6. So you always hear like all of the, like the top officials and everything. They're all just like, it's only 3.6 Ronkin. That's not, it's not, it's not anything to get worried about. And then they call, a Russian nuclear expert. And he's like, well, what was the reading on the dosimeter? Um, And he's like, 3.6. Well, that's quite a bit. You should be evacuating people. And the fact that, and and that's when you're like, oh my God, because the audience knows it's way higher than 3.6. It's way higher than 3.6. And he's saying that you need to be evacuating people at 3.6. Yeah. And like everyone's everyone's throwing up and everyone's all burnt and stuff. Shows you the severity of the situation. Seriously, wow! It it, it was it, it it's that's insane. It's absurd. Um, now what is like regular life? Ront ront skin ront skin Rumpelstiltskin. I don't know because it's it's an old thing. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm wondering like if like you walk around day to day like in regular, you know, life is it like point one or something? I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not a nuclear expert. Mm. Here, let's look up. Or whatever Jack's been saying. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to react. Yes. Are measured to radiate. That's the only way to react. Hey, Jokes um, about people bunch of people dying, dying, a horrible death. Throwing up and their internal organs melting. Mm. Yay. Yeah, that's horrible. That's pretty horrible. Like, oh. it's sickening, right? Yeah, it, it. I mean, it makes you wonder, like, why, 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 why do we use nuclear power when we have so many other ways of generating power that, like, are safer? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess at the time it wasn't really. I mean, obviously they knew it could explode, this, but this is like a perfect 
it's been described as a perfect storm of faulty equipment and human error mm-hmm. where it's like th- this is one of those things where it really like it really was a once in like a million not even a million like right. once in a once in an eternity like thing to happen where you get like where that power plant just happens to go out so you have to delay the test until the night shift who doesn't know how to do it and you have this and the night shift is managed by this one manager whose ego is too big to get over it and even at that point it's like uh it it it, it, it's like the captain of the titanic yeah it's it's keep going basically because even like even past his own hubris like if you go even when they went to put the the control rods back in, which theoretically should have stopped it, um, because of the design, yeah, because the design flaws, it it explodes. It's like and it but, makes the problem worse. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It, it's it's just an insane set of coincidences, essentially. Yeah, it's an insane set of like ignorance too. You know, right. it to me, it's just like I don't know. Like, wall on the one hand, yeah, this is like this is literally like the worst timeline. Like the, everything that could have gone wrong in this situation did go wrong, but it's also like, you know, I, whenever I just hear anything that's uh, suggests like nothing can go wrong with this. Like yeah. it just, it can't. I'm that always makes me super nervous. Yeah. And then with something on the scale, of this where if it does go wrong and that tiny, tiny, tiny percentage point that it does go wrong, the end result is like, global annihilation yeah. like if everything goes wrong and mm-hmm. i mean in a lot of ways we're lucky that like they you know people sacrifice their lives mm-hmm. to keep it from being even worse than well, it was yeah to talk about the people who sacrificed yeah, so their let, lives. let's let's yeah. let's talk so about it so they are officially they are officially recognized by the ussr and now russia and mm-hmm. and its respective com- other countries that were part of the ussr um but it they are, we're known as the liquidators, which comes from a Russian word meaning to eliminate or to erase specifically in relation to a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so these liquidators, the number the number of how many there were varies vastly, um, because I've I read that Russia or the USSR officially recognized six hundred thousand of them, um, but. In other reports, I read that Russia only recognized like around three hundred fifty thousand of them, and then and but an estimated th- extra three hundred thousand were around. But I've heard the 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 most common numbers were that there were three hundred fifty thousand people who were quote unquote directly involved with the cleanup, and um, a total of six to eight hundred thousand people were involved in total mm-hmm. um, with. 95% of them being men aged 30 to 45. Um, These guys are real heroes. Yeah, seriously. Well, like, if that happened, would you not just haul ass? Like, if that happened here, where we live... A vast majority of them were armed forces and reserves who were, who were ordered to come here and had no choice. Oh. Mm. But... That being said, there were a lot who did volunteer, and there were a lot of people who, after served their mandatory time um, helping, uh, volunteered to serve extra time. My theory is that, A, 
they were afraid of what would happen if they were like, all right, well, I'm done and I'm out of here. And this like of what the state would do. Um, and also, um, I feel like a few of them knew that they were like, that they had no hope of living a normal life after this. And they were like, might as well just stay and finish the job. Yeah. Um, there are two specific groups who are crazy. Oh, before I get to that. Um, so out of these 600, 600, 800,000, um, about 10% of them died, which is 60,000 people. Um, and 165,000 around that number are left disabled after this. Wow. So and that's not including, is that including like birth defects? I don't know. I think it's, cause that's I think a whole it's, other story. I think it's only those people. Well, everyone who was involved in this was instructed to never have kids. <laughs> they were like, don't, <laughs> there were situations, right? Where, well, there, I'm sure there, there were a lot who, of, birth I'm defects. sure there were people who had kids anyway, or like people who like, were in like children who are who are in Pripyat, right? You know? Like I'm sure their kids are, but like because obviously you can just you can tell people to never have kids, but like right. what is that going to do? You know, but they yeah they were like don't have kids because they will all have birth defects and and probably all get cancer. Um, so that's cool. that's, that's so fun. All right, mm-hmm. two of the uh, two of the uh, uh, cool groups of the liquidators. Um, the first group was known initially as the men on the roof and later nicknamed the bio robots because what they would do is their job was to go up to the roof of reactor three, which was like right next to the, you know, the radiation that's pouring out of this big open waste dump. Now Um, their job was to go up there and they were instructed. Their instructions were you have 90 seconds to shovel as much debris off of this roof and onto the ground as you can and then run inside all within 90 seconds because that's all they could afford to be exposed at the time and you might be thinking why don't they just get a big crane the radiation was so strong that it was frying the electronics and any equipment that they tried to use so they had to do it by hand so it was literally dudes were stripping lead off of whatever they could find and they were putting it in their socks. They were putting it in their shirts. They would, they would put on a pair of underwear and then like stuff it. They would put on two pairs of underwear and stuff lead in between the two pairs. Um, and then like, they would just have like a big sheet of lead on their chest and they would go, they would run up, they would shovel like they would get like one or two shovelfuls off and then go run down. And then they had to just toss the lead away because it would absorb so much radiation yeah. in those yeah, 90 lead, seconds. Lead is very ab- absorbent. Yeah. Right? In those 90 seconds that it would just, it just, they couldn't use it anymore. Um, so that was the first group. The, and they, they were called bio robots because they were <laughs> doing the job of robots, but they yeah. were like biological beings. Anyway. And they were covered in lead. The next group is even crazier. This was all the other workers at the power plant still had to go to work during while they were cleaning up number four um, because they had to make sure that reactors one through three were still providing power to the 10% of the USSR that needed it. Um, so these guys had to go in every day and just work regularly. And I think then, they were like sick and like nauseous this whole time too. <laughs> they for sure. Like were. imagine having to go to work like sick and it's like you have to. Yeah, they for sure were sick. Like you can't be like, oh, I don't feel so great. Dude, I think I'm going to go home for the rest of the day. It's like, no, you're pretty much forced. There are graveyards where it's just fields near uh, the Chernobyl power plant where it's it's trucks, it's tanks, it's like uniforms, equipment. There's like planes and helicopters that are there. Anything that was used in the cleanup 
of Chernobyl is so radioactive that they just had to leave it in this bit. So there's this field that's just full of helicopters that they can't use anymore because they, they, they all got irradiated. It's insane, dude. Now looking at today, Chernobyl today, Mm -hmm. do you know what, how much radiation is still there now? Like, I, I think at you can go to Chernob- Chernobyl, no, right? No. I, for like I, a brief I, period. I have a note specifically about this. Nobody ever goes to Chernobyl. Yep. You go to Pripyat. Which is near which Chernobyl. Is ne- which is, a few, yeah, it's like, a, it's a few miles away from Chernobyl. So it's just abandoned. But you basically. can't, you, the radiation is still way too strong to go anywhere near the actual reactor. Do we know a timetable of when it's going to ever be I think it's normal. I, I literally think it's like a million years. Um, like, well, do people even like fly over that area? Um, I think you're fine to fly yeah. over it in like a plane, but it's, they probably avoid it though. God, imagine, um, what it must even look like right now. Just like the one thing I've never thought about before, how does radiation affect plants? Um, mm. the forest, all the forests that were all nearby all, um, got burned by the radiation. They all died. They called it the Red Forest, and wow. it was just like millions of trees that were just all dead. That is crazy. Um, also, don't look up Chernobyl birth defects. Horrifying. I'm not going to look that up. Don't. I just uh, did. Biggest mistake of my life. It says, <laughs> depends on what part of Chernobyl you're talking about, but the highly publicized number is 20,000 years. But that refers specifically to the elephant's foot, which is a big pile of radioactive waste. Yeah. It's a, it's a famous uh, famous thing. In a broader sense, it's harder to pin down when Chernobyl will be completely safe. The areas around are fine for a little bit. Um, and there's actually, Pripyat has a population of 650 people today. Um, and you can like, go and, and and visit it and just like look at it's i mean it's basically a ghost town because there's just yeah, like yeah. cars and houses and everything is just right where everyone left it because everyone paused. Like, just paused and left a time yeah. machine a little bit of a time capsule you know yeah and then there was um there was a trial for like people and stuff i didn't really look into that mm-hmm. too much because that's not as interesting about like oh, all the politics about covering mm-hmm. it up and blah 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 um, but guess what? What is so disappointing? I was like, well, this is an episode of brain boggled. So I obviously have to f- see if I can find any conspiracy theories yes. about Chernobyl. There's like none. It's too well documented. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. There's like no, there's like very, very few mysteries about Chernobyl in which like, like it was a sabotage of some sort. Yeah. Although I came across in a, a small thing about that I then turned into my own theory mm-hmm. with the combination of, cause I saw someone say, I thought the Americans did it in combination with the fact that Gorbachev considers Chernobyl to be one of the biggest reasons why the Soviet union fell. I think there could be a theory where the scientists who were working reactor four that some of them were American spies and that they caused the reactor to uh to uh, explode or some of the ones who um so the ones who who died yeah could have been like kamikaze missions from the US right yeah or like, something we're going to cause some kind of malfunction and so it doesn't look like but even then it's like hard to it's it's hard to know that it, 
like how would they think that that would end the Soviet Union? You know, I think just coincidence. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Plus, also, like we were saying before, like had it gone just a little bit worse and gone into that with that, that the yeah. other water thing, it would have destroyed like all destroyed of Europe. everything. Yeah. That's <laughs> so a risky, that's, that's, uh, that's a big risk to take, um, on the yeah. chance that you might take out part of the USSR and then also <laughs> all your allies, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. A, so the risk reward there is a little uneven. Yeah. So there's not many conspiracy wow. theories. There are a lot of, um, What's it called, though? There's a ton of fiction around Chernobyl. Like, there's movies and games and everything where sure. you're all around Chernobyl and stuff. Like, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize every single Chernobyl creepypasta and movie and and everything. Um, American and- tourists go there, and then there's mutants, and then they die, and then it turns out Russia is covering up some sort of big thing where they're researching these mutants. And that's every single one of them. That's every goddamn one yeah, of them. So there was a, nerds. Remember that episode of Black Mirror? Um, where, where we really had to remember another episode of Black I'm sorry. Mirror. I know. It's like no, a com- com- brain boggle thing. Do you remember the one where they uh, the soldiers had like implants so that they would see these like creatures? Sure, uh, yeah. And there was actually just. I'm not seeing the connection. People. Yeah. I don't see it either now that I'm saying it. Now that it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, why did I think of this? I guess creatures. I don't know. Because of mutants, yeah. mutants, mutants. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. That that is a crazy story, though. I am scared mm. of nuclear reactors. Please, no, can you stop you using they, they them. Don't, they don't. No, nuclear reactors don't even are, say it. No, they're actually fine. <laughs> don't even say they're, they're, that it's impossible for them to explode. Um, no, I was going to say that. First off, nuclear <laughs> reactors are fine. I think. Yeah, I'm not a nuclear scientist, but um, except that you to like to like throw away its waste you have to like bury it under like miles of dirt that's literally the only the or only send it to space the only negative thing about nuclear reactors is what's mm-hmm. wasteful with waste. <laughs> um wasteful it's not like it's used for anything else no, i mean just like it's like we have all this waste where are we gonna put it just to chuck it underground or throw it in space this there's renewable energy that we can use yeah but nuclear reactors are so efficient yeah there are a lot of stars in the galaxy there's a lot of nuclear energy out there yeah plus um this specific type of reactor doesn't isn't used at all anymore oh, okay even then it was like for 1986 it was very much like only the ussr was using these type of 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 reactors because other reactors don't um the the specific dis- difference from what i read was that other reactors don't um, produce more heat based on um, uh, based on steam pressure, mm. and and I think that's why I was saying that the steam was in a separate thing because I looked up nuclear reactor like chart to see oh. what it looked like, and it was the reactor yeah. was separate from the steam. Uh, so I don't know if that has yeah, that's a because in this it was all like a one thing one I think, or at least yeah, the steam doesn't affect the other ones. Also. Um, the control rods are different and don't have that design flaw anymore. Um, yeah. Cause literally the only pollution is the, is the radioactive waste, which is pretty bad. Um, but we get some know. SpaceX rockets to yeah, fly it up to space, it, launch it into the sun or something. Yeah. Someone call all muskrat up. Yeah. Get, him, <laughs> muskrat. get on it. Wow. Oh, I want to go watch Chernobyl. I'm going to go watch the first episode this weekend at some point. The first episode is really good. Yeah. I still haven't seen the rest of it. it. I know. I've been saying. I feel like I say this on every episode where I'm like, I need to. 
Yeah, that show and the, the Watchmen show. show I want to watch because I heard it was the excellent. Show out yet? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's the done. whole season's out. Yeah, oh. and I've heard very good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a uh, same. It's a uh, Damon Lindelof, the guy who did the Leftovers. Yeah, and basically, from what I understand, it's supposed to be like a singular season where it's just this is it. Oh, there's no more seasons after this. Supposedly, I mean, I, I've, heard, I've heard be. some people saying they. W- you know they're trying to convince them to make another season but they wrote it as like this is a contained one season thing and it's done listen i mean the watchman is supposed to be one story right you know great story right i i mean i don't know how the show differs from like the graphic novel or whatever but uh but yeah, yeah i'm sure it's it chernobyl sort of the same deal and yeah. uh those two shows gotta check them out when we were talking about people like being vaporized by mm-hmm. the reactor it just pictured like that like splash page of dr manhattan being like ripped apart like his his entire body just being like ripped apart and vaporized oh, yeah. and he brings himself back together later but um just imagine oh that actually happened to people yeah i also what? need to watch his dark materials on hbo yeah. i've not heard much about that since it came out so um hopefully it doesn't mean it's bad said it was pretty good it looked yeah. pretty good yeah i'll i'll give it a watch maybe if yeah. i find the time mm. In between my packed gamer schedule. Yeah. Speaking of packed, packed gamer, gamer schedule. schedule. Yeah. yeah. That was an episode. That was a good thrifty episode. Honestly, did I say thrifty? You it's sure only did. an hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. I, it's actually every, pretty short for Brain Boggle episode. Every time I do a topic and I'm like writing down notes, I'm like, is this going to last long enough? <laughs> and then it always ends up being It always ends up being, long. yeah, pretty long. Wow. Well, guys, whoo, we got to get back to our, uh, you know, whatever else we were doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks for listening to this week's app. Mm. And make sure that you go check out our social media because we get some fresh memes every single week. Yes. The hot memes. Put a lot of work Keeping into that it. meme economy strong for yep. all of you boyos our and last, girls. Uh, our last memes have been doing pretty well. Hmm. They have been doing pretty well. You know, I've tried to step it up just a little bit. Yeah, so go follow us on Instagram. It's at BrainBoggled. Follow us on Twitter. At BrainBogglePod. At BrainBogglePod. And make sure to send us an email if you have any podcast ideas at BrainBogglePodcasts. At gmail.com. I thought you were going to let me do it because you did the Instagram and then Brent did the Twitter and then I was going to do the Gmail. Damn it. No, it's fine. It's whatever. I don't <sighs> care. No, it sounds like you care. No, I it really don't like you care. care. I really don't care. What about our merch, Jack? Yeah, oh, Jack. There's some merch. I don't know the merch link. Ecoware.com slash US slash. No, Ecoware. No, no. It's in the link. It's Ecoware.us, right? Slash yeah. brain boggled. Yeah, we yeah. get some cool merch on there. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we have a little thing. I, Am I getting this right? Is it called a Patreonus? A pa- oh, oh my god! How did you forget about the Patreon? Yeah, that we, we do love our Patreon. Patreon. Uh, give yeah. us money, and you get bonus content for mm-hmm. yeah a dollar a month. You get yeah. to hear us talk about Star for Wars even more. Other Speaking things. of which, one of these days, I'm going to see the new Star Wars so we can record our bonus step <laughs> about it. By next week, oh my god, yeah, I, I've just rewatched. Uh, I'm trying to rewatch all these Star Wars movies oh before I go god, and see it. Brent. I did the Phantom Menace. Gotta say, we did a rankings episode for our Patreon. Go check it out if you want to hear it. I might have to update my rankings after having seen the Phantom I don't even remember where you ranked Are you going to put the Phantom S higher or lower? Lower. Lower? Where did you you had it on the bottom? Yeah, wasn't it already at the bottom? No, no, no. no. You're going to put it? Okay. This is a this is a little this is a this is a teaser. This is a little bit of a teaser. This is a teaser for the Patreon. Brent's 
all of ours least favorite movie was Attack of the Clones. Yeah, right. Yeah. And mm. then me and Brent had Phantom Menace as the next one. Yes. At least I did. I don't even yeah, know. You're gonna put it below next. Attack of the Clones? I, well, I'm going to watch Attack of the Clones tonight, so it may, it may stay. But having, having watched the Phantom Menace last night, I gotta say. <laughs> Bad movie. Brent, I Brent, forgot. Brent, wait until you watch Attack of the Clones. I know. I might still. Attack of the Clones might be even worse, but. You really Phantom gotta wait Menace, until you see Attack of the Clones. Phantom of the Menace. Phantom Menace. Phantom of the Menace. <laughs> Phantom of. Yeah, it's like Phantom of the Opera. So yeah. Phantom of the Menace. <laughs> Phantom of the Menace is a legit a unwatchable movie. It's not unwatchable. It's far from I unwatchable. I just watched it last night and it was. Did you get through the whole thing? I did. Watchable. Uh, yeah, okay, watchable. correction. You I barely got through it, it because you have watched the first half and then fell asleep. No, no, no. I watched the first half and then Disney Plus was being a bitch. Oh, it kept right. freezing. That's right. Uh, yeah. For no apparent reason. And then I, I got through the rest no. of it last night and woof. What about the woof. Darth Maul fight? Life is rough. I I forgot how I much. Mean, I feel movie. like I should save some of this for our next Patreon. Yeah. Purposes, oh, yeah but sorry. I would we'll, say we'll that wait. fight is overrated. Yeah, we'll wait. Brent. Hot take. Brent's anyway. hot takes continue. I, my, my, entire takes list, my entire hot. list is hot takes. Yeah, it's hot hot so. yeah, it's, it's like, hey, oh. I think that we sign off oh. there. All right, guys. I've been your whatever. We're not doing that anymore. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.